0: Food bloggers, don't forget to check out the food blogging forum style community that we started over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. Finally, there is one place that we can all convene and talk and that isn't scattered all over Facebook. Here are the things that I am loving about it it is free, it also allows for categorized discussions on all food blogging topics. And there's a category for sharing successes, aka self-promotion. So no more holding back about discussing your big wins and things that you're promoting. Also, everything is in one single spot. So no hopping around from group to group. And there's an amazing opportunity to network and really get to know your fellow food bloggers in a single place. So come join the discussions that are going on over at forum.eatblogtalk.com. And I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Don't forget forum.eatblogtalk.com. Okay, food bloggers, have you heard of Flowdesk, the new big email marketing rage? This is an amazing new option for managing your email subscriber list. It is super easy to use and it comes with gorgeous, intuitive drag and drop templates. And Flowdesk does not charge based on number of subscribers, so your monthly rate will stay the same from month to month. Everyone pays $38 a month or use my affiliate link to get 50% off and pay only $19 a month. You guys, this is a fraction of the price of other email service providers and you'll be blown away by the beautiful and intuitive templates waiting for you inside. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources to grab your link. Flowdesk, the stunning new option for email marketing. What's up food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for you. Food bloggers seeking value for your businesses and your lives. Today I will be talking to Natasha Bull from saltandlavender.com and we will talk about the power of good habits and consistency in food blogging. Natasha started her food blog, Salt and Lavender, back in 2015. She believes that making delicious recipes from good quality ingredients does not need to be complicated or overly time-consuming. Her main focus is approachable dinner recipes that are hassle-free and easy to follow. Natasha, I am really excited to chat with you today, but first, you know it's coming. I would love it if you gave us a fun fact about yourself.
1: Well, first off, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. A fun fact about myself, I taught myself how to juggle. So that's, it's like a fairly useless party trick, but <laughs> I just, I thought it'd be really cool to learn how to juggle. So I kind of pieced together like everything I could find on the internet and watched some YouTube tutorials and then I practiced until it's stuck and yes, I can juggle three balls. Oh, my gosh. I've
0: never been able to do that. That's one of those things where like, I try once in a while and then I am just miserably fail, so I give up. (laughs) But very impressive. Thank you. (laughs) My thing a few years ago was hula hooping. I just decided I'd never been able to hula hoop. I just couldn't get the hip motion down. So I don't know. This was probably five years ago. I just decided I'm going to learn to hula hoop. So I'm with you. I think I actually looked up a YouTube video as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny the things that we'll try and you know, you're just like, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Why insist on
0: hula hooping and juggling, but hey, it must fill some sort of desire somewhere, right? Yeah. And I can join Cirque du Soleil, you know, if need be, right? There you go. You've got a leg up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're here today to talk about habits, and I think good habits and consistency go hand in hand, in my opinion, because neither can thrive without the other, and I think this is such a powerful duo, especially for food bloggers, because there's just so much to do, and we can so easily sink if we don't figure out this piece of the puzzle. So Natasha, would you start by sharing about your own journey and blogging and how habits and consistency have played a role for you?
1: Sure. So as you mentioned, I started my food blog back in 2015. Um, At the time I was working for the Canadian government, the provincial government in my province, and I was feeling a bit kind of disenchanted. I'd already been there for, I think, seven years and I just kind of, I felt like I needed some creative outlet and I'd always had it in my mind that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I never knew what to do. And I, you know, never had the startup money and I always had a whole bunch of excuses. So I started the blog and when I first started it, I was like super motivated. You know, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This is going to be my career. And I just got so excited. But then, you know, you're a few months in and you're like, wow, you know, this this isn't really going anywhere. Um, you know, where's my instant success? You know, I'm making pennies in ad revenue, like, what am I doing wrong? So I guess over the years, I've developed some habits that have allowed me to actually turn this into a successful business.
0: So talk to us about what some of those were to begin with, because you mentioned like, diving in, it's really exciting, like, this is going to be my thing. And then I think we all hit that wall, where we realize that it's not easy money, we actually have to work really hard. And it's really easy to get extremely overwhelmed. So to start, what were some of those habits that you dove into initially?
1: Well, initially, and a lot of this, actually, I can credit to chats with my husband, he's like a very logical guy, and probably the hardest worker that I know. And he said, look, you have to post consistently. So we decided I was going to post every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, kind of rain or shine, regardless of what happens, you know, I have to get out three posts a week. So I was actually pretty good about doing that. And I think some weeks I only did two posts, but, you know, as long as I was posting at least, you know, two, three times a week, then that was good. So the weekends, that would be the only time that I could do photography I live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and in the winters, it's really dark. So, you know, by the time I got home from work at like four thirty, five p.m., it would be way too dark to do food photography. You know, I would do a little bit of computer work in the evenings, but the weekends, they just, they had to be dedicated to you know, recipe testing and taking photos, or else I just would not get any new content on the blog. So that was probably the easiest, Well, I say easy, right? In theory, (laughs) it was easy, because, you know, Saturday, Sunday, those are my days off, you know, that's my only choice. So when you're kind of forced into something like that, then I guess it makes it, you know, simple in a way, definitely not easy. So that was probably sort of what got me into that consistency, just because I had no choice.
0: So your husband, I love that he was the one that kind of noticed you need to be consistent with your posting and that system into motion where if you needed to do that, then you needed to work on the weekends and do your photography there. So one of my personal blogging mottos is that consistency and persistence are key if you want to find success because it's so true. I mean, in life in general, but I think with blogging especially, it's just... So vital that we tap into that whatever it means for us as individual bloggers. So what would your recommendations be if someone were reaching out to you and saying, "Natasha, I'm just like I can't find consistency. Where do I start?"
1: Well, I would say that like you know, I would first explain that consistency really, that is the key, like getting content on your blog consistently that is the only thing that is going to have an impact on you know whether you have a back catalog on your blog if you have like 10 recipes on your blog in a year you're not going to get anywhere right so i'd say some tips for starting to form habits first off don't set yourself up for failure so it's about taking baby steps so you know you dive right in and you say i'm going to post every day new recipe every day of the week You know, I think some people have actually like set that goal for themselves. And I'd be like, whoa, like take a step back. (laughs) You know, if you're struggling with, you know, posting anything, don't say you're going to do that. Maybe say I'm going to write for an hour on Sundays, you know, and start building up little habits from there. Another thing, stop the all or nothing mentality. I know a lot of us do this in different areas in life. Like exercise is a big one, for example. You know, people with their New Year's resolutions, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. And, you know, then (laughs) by February 10th, it falls off and people don't do that. So stop with that. Like, it's okay. We're all human. We make mistakes and, you know, life happens. Maybe you know, you have been consistently writing an hour on Sundays and then something comes up and you can't do that. Well, you know what? You can then write the following Sunday or, you know, a different day of the week. Like it's not all or nothing at all. Like nothing in life should be about the all or nothing mentality. It's taking it just one day at a time.
0: And I like that you mentioned starting small because I'm a big believer in this as well. Just like You can start with a minute or five minutes of something. And if you do it consistently, it will grow into something bigger. And I think this applies to anything relating to blogging too. Any skill that you want to shape or hone, you can start really, really small and not make that crazy dream of like, I'm going to post on a new recipe every day for a year. I mean, that's, I think that is a sure way to set yourself up for failure, right? So talk to us more about habits and what specific ways you incorporate habits into your routine as a food blogger.
1: Okay, well, for me, I'm quite a routine-oriented person. I know there's some people who can function fine without routines, and I'm not one of them. Like, I need my routines. So I actually went full-time on my blog in September 2019. So I think we're coming up to about five months now. And I was warned by people that now that I'm, you know, going to be full-time blogger, I'm not going to have as much time as I think I'm going to have. And I was like, okay, and you know, I'll consider that. And people were totally right. Like I had to develop a bunch of new habits. So for one thing, I'm totally not a morning person. Like I'm very much a night owl. So I actually struggled with waking up at a decent time. Right. And so this sounds totally lazy, right. To Especially to morning people. But like when I first I guess quit the job. You know, I would sleep in and it'd be like nine, ten A. M. and then I'd get out of bed. I'd be like, Oh geez, you know, now what am I gonna do? And I really struggled the first few months with figuring out, you know, how to maximize my time. So now I wake up around eight AM. I just like I put my cell phone, to so my alarm clock in my ensuite bathroom. So I have to get up and out of bed <laughs> to get to my <laughs> alarm clock. And then That's funny. <laughs> And then I forced myself to post on Instagram as soon as I wake up. So then by the time I've you know walked over to my phone and I've posted on Instagram, I'm awake enough that I'm not thinking I desperately want to go back to bed. So that took a few months for me to really form that habit. But now my body actually wakes me up between like 8 and 8.30 naturally. So I often wake up before my 8.25 alarm so oh, good yeah so that took some time and I'm illustrating that as a point because like for me mornings are probably the biggest struggle yet I'm actually fairly productive when I'm away so to set the routine you just have to kind of keep going and like a lot of my blogging literally revolves around the sun like to get good photos I have north-facing windows My best photos are when it's an overcast day or snowing. Like it's snowing right now and the light's like totally beautiful. When it's like a bright blue sky, I basically cannot take any photos no matter what I do with, you know, the sheer shower curtain to diffuse it. It just does not work. So I have to really plan my days around the weather. So if it's going to be a good, like cloudy day, then I know, okay, I got to make sure I have the ingredients in. I have to figure out like what I'm cooking. And I just, I hate it when I have a wasted opportunity when, you know, it's a nice, Mm. cloudy. Oh, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, just staring out my window. I'm like, wow, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like watching TV or whatever. And I, I should be productive right now. So, you know, nobody's perfect, but, you know, I try and avoid that sort of thing just by doing a little bit of basic planning. Like it's, it's really not rocket science, but, you know, if you sit down and you say, okay, what recipes am I making this week? you get your ingredients in, then, you know, maybe like on Tuesday, it's not a great day, like picture wise. So I'll write up a post instead. And then Wednesday, like the weather's perfect for photos. And then I can just execute that plan. I actually got a whiteboard recently, and I write down my recipes for for the week. And that really helps keep me organized just something that simple. Being
0: prepared can really take you so far, I believe. I do weekly planning as well. Like I am kind of a <laughs> kind of strict about it, but I just like want to be prepared. I want to set myself up for success throughout my week. So, yeah, having those ingredients on hand so that you can shoot when the conditions are ideal. I think just thinking through some of those things can really set you up for success. And I like that you uh, mentioned before that misconception we all have when we dive into blogging full time that all of a sudden we'll just have tons of time to complete every project, you know, do whatever we want. But I think we joltingly learn pretty quickly that this is not the truth and that we need to employ strategies in our days in order to be productive because otherwise time just flies out the window So do you have any other recommendations before we move on with like building up a home routine and routines within work as well?
1: Okay. So part of the reason I decided to finally quit my day job was because I wanted to have a bit of a semblance of a work-life balance. I felt like I was burning a candle at both ends and I really wanted to build a better home fitness routine, for example. So... I work out six days a week. And for me, it's hugely important. Like, you know, they say health is wealth. I just, I don't want to ever let my fitness slip kind of thing, right? So I built the fitness into my everyday routine. And I think it's important to not only like have work stuff built in, but stuff like that's what are your top priorities in life, right? And then you can help balance it. So since fitness is such a huge priority for me, and I know that I'm fairly flexible because, you know, I work, I do some of my workouts at home and some I do in the swimming pool. You know, it's not like you have to be doing your workout at the exact time that, you know, something mandates. So as long as it's built in there and you say, okay, like today I want to achieve, I want to you know do one recipe. I want to spend an hour lifting weights and, you know, I want to spend some time, you know, just chillaxing or whatever. Right. So I think if you build it around your main priorities, then I think you can't really go wrong. You just you can't really overthink it because there's going to be time like idle time during the day where you're not super productive. But if you can look back on your day and say, you know, okay, I've completed my top three priorities or whatever, then I think that has to be good enough at some point. Right.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I think I always say this, too, that even if you start putting a habit in place or setting something in motion that has nothing to do with work, but it's something small, maybe in your home or with your fitness or something else, your diet or whatever. If you consistently do it, it will eventually bleed over into your work and it'll improve your job just kind of because you're starting that consistent routine for yourself and your own needs. So I think that a lot of food bloggers dive in just Thinking like, okay, what do I need to do for my blog? But actually, you can just start with things like what you were talking about, Natasha, where you saw the need for fitness to be a part of your life, and that was a huge priority for you. So, putting that into your days, building it into your calendars
1: actually helps you be a better blogger. Do you agree? Totally. Like, I don't feel the guilt now that I'm neglecting my health, and I have more energy. You know, like everyone says that I have more energy now that I can put some time into working out so that helps me a lot and you know cooking is really physical right if you're doing cooking and then like shooting a, f- uh, doing photos or video you're standing and you're running around and like you really do need to have energy to do all that right so I think it's just as important that you take care of your body as you do you know all the planning like you can have the most meticulously planned blog but if you can't physically execute it then that's a problem. Yeah,
0: and also just checking exercise off of your to-do list every day, I think it creates more space, mental space for you to take on other things too. Like the days when I'm able to get up and work out and get like all of my morning routine accomplished, I just feel so much better because I'm not worrying about anything. I'm not mad at myself because I skipped my workout. I'm not Wondering why I didn't, you know, like everything is just taken care of. So then I have so much more mental space for other things, including work. So I think there is such power in that. And it's really easy to overlook it because it seems like it would be such an insignificant and small thing. But I think there is so much power and it's something that you really don't see until you start doing it have you found that too or like before you do it you're like well I'm sure it's fine to work out every day but once you get in it you're like wow this is really powerful stuff
1: yeah it really is and so I didn't always consistently work out like when I was at my full-time job the years went by where you know I wouldn't work out at all and then I when I turned 30 I had a bit of a like epiphany saying okay you know what like I need to take control of my life so I started eating healthier and and I actually lost probably about 40 pounds.
0: Oh. And yeah,
1: it was kind of crazy. And then I started the food blog around the same time. And I sort of turned my life around and started getting more and more into fitness. And, and I never, if you asked me like five years ago, if this would be my life now, I'd be like, wow, like what, what changed? <laughs> what changed, right? And really, it was just the culmination of tiny little changes turning into big habits. So it's really kind of magical, I guess, when you look back at anything, like it's not glamorous in the day to day, you know, you could start, I started really simple, like switching soda for lower calorie soda for water. And now, you know, I rarely drink this stuff. It's just things like that, that add up to like, huge changes. And then, you know, and if you put it in like blogging terms, you know, you improve a little bit. Like, you know, look back on any blogger's photos from when they first started or the post, you know, you can see the short post with really thin content, (laughs) badly written recipes and not so nice photos. And it's not like you jump from one day to another with, you know, going from crappy to good, but it's just habits adding up. So over time, yeah, yeah. it's just to me, that's fascinating. I always find it fascinating with, you know, kind of anything in life. And that's why, you know, I thought this subject would be so interesting to discuss because habits really like that's that's what is the foundation of success with any area in life. It's habits and you can start
0: so minutely small with it, too. And then I always like to think of it as like when you build on a habit, you can like add habits as you go and then it becomes like this really powerful system and then I like looking back to I have this habit that I started about a year ago and it came to me because I was finding this frustration point in my life constantly. And I was like, I am just done with X. I need to figure out how to get rid of it. So I formed a habit and I did it consistently every single week. And then I found another frustration point and built on that habit. So it was like I kind of smushed the habits together. And then now looking back, now it's like this an efficient. System that I've created that eliminates all of these frustration points from my life. At the time when I started it, I never would have been able to see that. I would have just thought, well, (laughs) this is pretty insignificant. But now I look back and see what amazing power. I mean, it's like opened up time in my week, it's opened up mental space for me to be a better mom and a better blogger. And it's crazy. But I just, I highly recommend that. Bloggers especially or people who have like really high demands and a lot of things going on really tap into this because it's so powerful.
1: Yeah, it really is. And just like you said, you know, starting with those small incremental changes, like it's amazing what they can build up to. And just, I'd say being kind to yourself, like habits take a long time, a lot longer to form than a lot of people think. So, you know, you will fall off the rails. But it's about, you know, the cliche getting back on that wagon. And it's totally true. Like, if you don't just keep grinding, then, you know, you're not going to make any significant changes. But on the flip side, you don't have to make like a giant change at once. It's just little things adding up to big changes. I like that you mentioned that falling off the rails and
0: losing steam or being met with some sort of resistance. I think we all feel that or understand that because we all see that in our personal lives and also our blogs. But it's so easy just to give up and not keep going. So what advice do you have for people to pick themselves back up and keep going with those little habits that they might have implemented in their lives?
1: Well, one thing that helps me when I'm feeling discouraged is I just remind myself, okay, you just have to get through one day at a time. So just focus on today. When, so I'm not a big quotes person, but one quote that I really has resonated with me over the years is that success is largely about hanging on after others give up. So a lot of people just, they give up, you know, you know, from like the New Year's resolution fitness journeys or starting a company, like what's the stat, like 80% of all businesses or even higher perhaps fail. So I just remind myself when I'm feeling discouraged that... You know, if you just keep going, you're beating out a ton of your competition, right? Yeah. It's like if I just feeling really bad and I just I don't want to do whatever and I can still get a good blog post out that day, for example, I'm just like, "Okay, wow. I just accomplished something that a lot of people are not accomplishing, right?" It's like I could just Yeah, you're still moving. Yeah, I'm still moving. It's like I could I could just give up, but no. So I'd say just keeping on going, like you're feeling like you don't want to do it. If you just force yourself to do something, you're already way ahead of the game. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. Just like check off one task off of your list, you know, that day and just focus on that day. Like you don't have to worry about, you know, the next day or the next week. I'm one of those people that gets a bit overwhelmed with the big picture. Like I know there's a lot of bloggers who are amazing planners and they have like their whole year planned out, the whole content calendar. They have projections for, you know, what their traffic (laughs) numbers will be and stuff like that. And that is really not what I do like my husband actually he's he's like the big picture long-term planner dude so he actually kind of did some of that like for me I'm like okay you know what have at or like you can do that that <laughs> stuff just like makes me anxious I don't know why but I'm very much like okay let's do a sort of week to week maybe month to month in some ways like I have a vacation coming up in in the middle of March and so I'm like okay I want to make sure I get most of like the rest of the soup recipes that I plan on doing for the rest of the winter done and like posted before then sort of stuff like that right but thinking beyond March I'm just like ooh, well I don't really know I have a huge <laughs> list of, like hundreds of recipes that I want to make you know I do my research my keyword research and Rush, like you know everyone else does but I like taking things a day at a time. That just it's better for my own kind of mental state. I don't know. You have to, I guess, think about like you as a person, like what sort of what works and what doesn't, what makes you feel anxious, what makes you feel like accomplished. And I guess, I don't know. I know motiva- we're saying motivation isn't the key to success here, but you know, motivation <laughs> plays in a little bit. Like if it doesn't motivate you whatsoever to plan a year out, like, don't do
0: that. You know? Yeah. And for some people, it's the opposite. I think for some people, it's the complete flipped opposite. And that's okay. But we do need to tap into what is working for us, what motivates us, what makes us anxious. Stay away from that. There's something I just started doing. I mentioned before our interview that I'm in a house full of people that are sick right now. So I'm like not 100%. So This week has been just like I have not been on top of my game and usually I'm on top of it. So on my calendar for Monday, (laughs) I wrote, I just blocked out this huge block of time and all it says is do one more thing because I refer to my calendar all the time throughout the day and just going there and seeing that I had never done that before, but it was so helpful because I didn't have this huge list of tasks staring at me and instead I just saw do one more thing and then I was like okay I can do that so then I clicked out and I just you know went and edited a photo or whatever and it was just so helpful to have that grace with myself and instead of being just like I don't care if your family's sick you need to do this you know so I think employing grace in your life and just knowing your limits too and taking care of yourself a little bit And that kind of leads into self-care. What are your thoughts about self-care and what are some ways that we can add that into a habit?
1: Okay, self-care. So of course, earlier we touched on the whole fitness thing. So for me, self-care is about working out regularly, eating right, and making sure I get enough sleep. So all those things are so much easier now that I'm not balancing the full-time job as well as the blog. But You know, some things I still struggle with a bit. Like I actually posed this question to my Instagram followers a couple of weeks ago. So I have this really bad habit of when I'm cooking. And if you've ever been to my blog, you'll see I have quite a few not so healthy comfort foods on there. That's just what resonates with my audience. So when I'm cooking those delicious comfort foods, I sometimes, even if I've eaten before, you know, I'll have more than just, you know, the one or two bites needed to taste it. And, like, to test it, you know, to know if it's a good recipe or how to modify it, whatever. And then I have this huge guilt when I do that. I'm like, I'm like what am I doing? You know, I'm, like, eating healthy. I generally, like, plan out what I'm going to eat, like, in my regular non blog meals. And, you know, I work out. And it's like, why am I sabotaging myself by, like, eating this yummy stuff? And I'm like, you know, okay, first off, as you said, you know, having the grace, being kind to yourself like it's food bloggers aren't really normal people like it's not a normal situation to be surrounded by delicious food all day right yeah so I'm like okay first up you have to realize that that's not like a normal thing and you know you have to give yourself a bit of allowance for like okay it's okay to have a couple bites but at some point you know you have to realize that you have to look after yourself. So I asked my readers for some tips on, you know, how to make sure that I don't snack while I'm cooking. And a lot of them said, Hey, can you share the responses with us? Because we have the same problem. So as far as the responses go, there were, you know, quite a few different suggestions. So a lot of people said, like, have a healthy meal before you start, you know, make sure it's satisfying. And I was like, okay, like I kind of do that, but I'll see if I can kind of hone in on that a bit more. Someone said take like five spoons and then you can only use each spoon once. Like once it's used, you can't use it again. Then there were all the suggestions of, you know, mint flavor, like strong mint mouthwash, brush your teeth before, chew gum. That can be a little bit dangerous, though, because if you really need to like taste it to figure out, you know, is there enough seasoning, whatever in here? Then I kinda- yeah,
0: yep. It's all your
1: taste buds. So I was like, okay, I'll kind of take that into like under advisement <laughs> type thing. And I think really the for me the big thing that came out of that whole exercise was just now I'm even more mindful about it. Like I realized it was enough of a sort of problem for me that I posted to my like 170 thousand Instagram followers. Right. So I really put myself out there. I kind of did that a bit for accountability purposes as well, and now I'm like more mindful. So even the other day when I was cooking something and I was like, oh, you know, it's really good. And I'm like tempted to start snacking. I'm like, okay, you know what? Take a step back. Like, why am I doing this? Do I really need to do this? Am I actually hungry? And that sort of thing. So that for me, it's going to be a habit to not snack while I'm doing all the recipe testing. Yeah.
0: To kind of give yourself that reminder to step away and ask yourself, why do you, do you feel the need to dig in right now?
1: Exactly. And sorry, another suggestion that uh, came out of that was to have like peppers and like carrots and like healthy oh, veggies. That's cut a good up. Idea. So then, yeah, if I'm in a snacker, this is kind of the irony of it all. I'm not someone who likes snacking really. Like, if I want a snack, I'll have like an apple and that's it. I'm more of a like have a satisfying meal kind of person. And so. I tried that and that actually did work a lot because I was like, okay, I'm used to snacking while I'm cooking since, you know, I'm posing this question to my followers asking, like, how do I stop? So at least if I have something to munch on, maybe that's kind of like, you know, see when like smokers quit smoking, they don't go cold turkey. They start with like the nicotine gum (laughs) and then the nicotine spray (laughs) and then they can finally quit, right? So maybe for me, it's like, okay, start with chewing carrots. But you got stairs, And then, you know, maybe you'll be able to go down to like one bite. So I guess that that just pops into my head when you um asked about the self-care like
0: Yeah. To me that's Yeah, no, huge. that's a
1: good one. Yeah. So that's really mindful.
0: It's a occupational hazard that we don't often think about. I think that we just kinda do it mindlessly. And I too have a lot of comfort foods on my site because that is just what people love for me. And I I mean, I love comfort food. It's delicious. But I had a stretch in the fall where I was making like chilies and pasta I and mean, just like all that comforting, just really hearty, calorie laden stuff. And I after like two months, I'm like, I wonder why I'm my clothes aren't fitting. And it was because I was doing that same thing. I was I mean, it would be like ten o'clock in the morning and I would eat an entire plate of lasagna. And I was like, really? Did I did I really need that? So it It is so hard to be mindful about that. But as you were talking, I was thinking, what if you allowed yourself, like for me, this would work if I took a picture of my plate of lasagna and then just allowed myself like two bites and put it on a separate plate and just said like, okay, this you can have because you need to taste it. And the other plate goes in the freezer or the fridge or wherever else.
1: But that for me would work, I think. I don't know about the snacking. I'll have to try that. Yeah, I'm just like going through my kind of thought process when I do all this. So a lot of it is like tasting and this is the worst. It's like tasting as I'm going along. So, you know, say I'm making like a sausage pasta or something and then I'm like browning up the sausage and, you know, I've added a couple more things in there. And it's like, oh, let's have a little taste. Right. So it's not even Mm, done yet. So I'm trying. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I'm hopeless. So I'm trying not to not to do that anymore. And at least wait till it's done. Right. So yeah, I mean, that in theory, that works. But sometimes I'm just hopeless. But at least now that I'm more kind of mindful about it, I think like so far seems to be going fairly well. But like we said, you know, habits, they don't form instantly perfectly overnight. I mean, I'm sure next time I overindulge, I'll be like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have done that. But that doesn't mean that now I have to give up. Right. It's just
0: right. Right. It's so easy to do with like a diet or anything. You're like, oh, throw in the towel. I'm done. But I think you're so right, Natasha. I think mindfulness is a really good place to start with all of this and just being aware. And this applies to pretty much anything in life, awareness is such a great first step. If you are aware of what you're doing, then you are doing better than most people. So I would love to talk to you a little bit about like time suckers, like things that just suck our time, like social media and other random things like that. And what is your best advice for time sucks?
1: So this is still a work in progress but I would say right now my biggest time suck is Instagram. So on one hand I like I like to be on there not just like once or twice a day because comments, questions, DMs come in all the time and sometimes it's from people who are making recipes like right then and there and you know I want to be able to answer their questions and I like you know I like Instagram I like interacting and I think part of the reason why you know, I have a decent following on there now is because I spend quite a lot of time on there. But then I start mindlessly scrolling and, you know, everyone else does. And I actually, to make it even worse, I have a personal account on there too, where I follow, you know, all the stuff that I like, like all these like makeup brands and some salons and you know, all this sort of stuff. And so I'm like flipping between the two accounts. And I'm just realizing that, oh, my goodness, I'm wasting so much time. And so I guess like the first step being mindful, I set up a reminder on there. So Instagram pings me when I've spent an hour on there. And if it's like like 10am, and it says I've spent an hour on there. Oh, no, like, oh, no, you know, this is not good, right? So I am working on limiting my time on there. One of the things that's super simple that helps, I put my phone in another room. Like I go, I charge it in a different room. And then, you know, at least for an hour, I'm not spending time on there. So it's definitely a work in progress. One of the things I'm actually working on doing, like not as we speak, but one of the things that I notice I do in the evenings, like, you know, we'll have the TV on, and I'll be on my laptop sometimes doing like partially working partially you know just like surfing the internet whatever and then I'll be on my phone as well so one of the things i want to do is mindfully like be more productive on my blog in the evenings instead of doing these kind of mindless activities so one thing i notice instagram especially on my personal account does it's not good for my mental health. I know this isn't like a new revelation or anything at all, but I follow a lot of sort of inspirational and like, like what else? Like travel sites. And like, I follow like Australia on there and, you know, the bikini day girls, like Tasha, <laughs> and Lee, like they're successful entrepreneurs, but they're always posting the most beautiful photos in the most beautiful locations. And, you know, they have the perfect bodies as well. <laughs> so, that stuff on one hand, it's like, it's not harmful in itself. But then on the other hand, I sometimes, you know, I'll look out the window, and I'm totally not a winter person, like it's snowing right now. Or, you know, one evening after scrolling Instagram, I'll look at the window and be like, Oh, here I am in Edmonton. You know, there's I'm looking at these beautiful beach photos of these people with six packs. And oh, I, just feel, I hear you. Yeah, I just feel like crap about my own life. And I'm like, What can I do to, you know, make my own life better instead of falling into that comparison jealousy trap? So I'm trying to form a habit now where, you know, I'm not doing it perfectly, but, you know, maybe instead of spending an extra hour in the evening, like looking at these things that are making me feel like my life sucks, maybe I can spend an extra hour like, writing a post or like keyword planning or figuring out my next post and that'll also make my life less stressful right if you plan better so I'm trying to actually like figure out like something tangible to replace my mindless scrolling time suck habit with right I think that sometimes it's not enough to say you know this is what I do I want to stop doing it but if you don't have something to replace it with then you're not really going to get anywhere
0: And that kind of ties into self-care too, don't you think? Because those time sucks or the things that really like can change our mood or how we feel about ourselves are really not good for us, especially like you were talking about at certain times of the day, like right before bed it's probably not the best time to be looking at girls on the beach when you're in a snowy situation. So I guess like trying to figure out how to take better care of yourself will help with those time sucks and vice versa. I think that they can kind of play off of each
1: other. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, even back to like, what's your, what are your goals? Like, it's it's so funny how the internet has completely like taken over our lives and kind of warped our reality, I think. Like for me, if you look at it objectively, is my goal to be sitting on my couch looking at beautiful places, or is it to visit biz- uh, beautiful places, you know? It's like I would much rather be visiting, but I think it's, it's almost like our brain is on this weird sort of drug where, and I'm sure they've done, like, studies on it, where looking at your phone, it, like, activates the, like, dopamine or serotonin receptors, and it's sort of like you're getting that pleasure, but you're not actually really experiencing it, right? So then it, I'm sure it does some weird lingering
0: effect it's like morphing our brains in some really weird unhealthy way yeah i have to believe that there is something weird going on with the way that we are just so addicted to the internet and our phones and just social media in general and knowing what other people are doing and on one hand it's really uplifting and on the other hand it can be really hard so it is really about finding the balance and i loved the um the recommendation you had about putting your phone in a different room. I've recently started doing that too. And it's so helpful because how tempting is it to just grab your phone if it's sitting within arm's reach, but if it's in the other room, then I don't really want to get up for it. So do you have any other little tips like that?
1: Okay, I do. I have another one. It ties a bit to the social media. So another, another self-care kind of tip, that I've um employed fairly recently so I used to follow like a whole bunch of accounts on Instagram and it was even more of a time suck because I'd have all these accounts that either like I didn't really want to follow or you know they made me feel bad about myself for whatever reason and then I was just like look you know what I'm going to unfollow everyone who doesn't like either inspire me or make me feel good or that I'm not like personally friends with and that just lifted this huge weight off of my shoulders. I did this when I was on vacation, just sitting by the pool, I think like six months ago maybe. And it just made it so much easier to kind of manage my social media. So I would say don't ever feel bad about unfollowing someone if, you know, they somehow make you feel like inadequate or you're just not resonating with their content or whatever. Just don't feel bad about taking care of yourself first because as we talked about earlier like social media it's become a reality but it's all kind of warped so you have to look after yourself and don't ever think that like it's not is, you know something you can just brush off like if you are feeling bad by those images on the screen you know get rid of those images from your screen because it is your reality if you're looking at it right
0: and you do have the control to do that you have the power to do that so if it's making you feel bad eliminate it do you have anything else for us natasha about habits consistency everything we've talked about is there anything that you feel like we've missed that you really want to touch on
1: um i'd say that i would say that overthinking that can be a huge issue and kind of roadblock for a lot of us i know that i've consciously had to tell myself stop overthinking So I think it was Mark Zuckerberg. So the Facebook guy who said done is better than perfect. And I repeatedly hammer this into my own head. If I spend too much time looking at my own photos, for example, or, you know, looking at a blog post, I'll be like, okay, you know, like I could have done so much better and I wish this was more, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, it's like, just get the thing done, get it done because and this happens to me often, I'll be like scrolling through my blog, looking for things to schedule for Instagram, for example, i will be like, wow, I did that post six months ago. Like, that's amazing. I feel like, you know, I just did it. And it's like the time passes, whether we like it or not. So if you get as much content on your blog as you can, that's a really good thing. I'm not saying just post, you know, anything for the sake of it. But you can always like redo a recipe for example I think it was the second redo of my chicken piccata post and now I'm finally happy with the photos and I (laughs) added a ton more content to the post but I originally published it I think in 2015 so now that URL has been doing its thing on Google since 2015 and I've just redone the post with I think you know photos that I'm actually fairly happy with and, you know, more robust robust content. Do I think I'm going to be on page one of Google for chicken piccata anytime soon? No, but people have already made it. It's brought more traffic to my site. If I had said to myself back in 2015, oh, you know, I can't do chicken piccata because so many people have done it already and their photos and content are so much better than mine, then I would have never done it. So done is better than perfect. It does not have to be perfect. We're all very self-critical. And, you know, in some ways that's good but no one's perfect overthinking is like your own worst enemy.
0: Just do it. Oh, I love that. I love that. And the great thing about food blogging is that you can go back and and change and edit everything. You can edit the text. You can change the photos. You can even change the recipe. So I think that's very solid advice for food bloggers.
1: Okay. So one tip that uh, really helps me when it comes to Food blogging. So it's about keeping things really simple. When you're feeling overwhelmed or bogged down by everything, just create more content. I think that the way we all started was by creating content. I don't really know any food blogger who started by, you know, using SEM rush or any other keyword research tool. They just decided to create content. So I know when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I block out the noise and I create more content. So more content means more eyeballs on your page. It's better for, you know, your security. Like the more recipes you have, the more likely your blog is to be successful and if you're hit with a big algorithm change in like Google or Pinterest, more content that's much better for you, right? I was actually talking to my friend Amber who's one of the co-founders of Mediavine, my ad company, and it was her a couple of years ago who really hammered this point home for me. She's like, look, Natasha, stop worrying about, you know, all the noise and everyone else. Just create more content. And that really made the light bulb go off in my head. I was like, okay, you know what? I don't have to overthink everything. I just have to create more content. And of course, you know, there's strategies like interlinking between content and creating like similar recipes. You know, if you have chicken noodle soup then chicken noodle casserole and chicken and dumplings and you know, tying them all together, but like, just create more content. So you can have like this amazing site audit, you know, where they tell you everything to do and, you know, you can do all these amazing strategies, but at the end of the day, it's like content is our currency. Content matters more than anything. So just like, for goodness sake, get more content on your site, like stop being distracted with all the other billion things that can go wrong or, you know, all the things that can go right, if you don't have the content on there, then you're not going to get anywhere. So that's just another way to sort of keep it simple.
0: I love that you just said content is our currency, because we do get so distracted with the noise that we just forget that. And we get into, at least I do, I get into grooves where I think, well, SEO is everything. And, you know, Instagram is everything or whatever the topic of the month is. So I love that you pointed that out. So thank you for sharing that. You're very welcome. Well, Natasha, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time out and sharing your wisdom and all of your thoughts about habits and being consistent and just starting and not giving up. So thank you for being here.
1: Well, you're very welcome. And I enjoyed chatting and hopefully, you know, whoever listens to this can get some helpful nuggets out of it. Yeah, I think
0: so too. So Natasha has a list of resources that we'll put up on her show notes page relating to today's topic. And those can be found at eatblogtalk.com forward slash Natasha Bull. Natasha, tell my listeners the best place to find you online.
1: Well, of course, my blog, saltandlavender.com. And like we talked about, I'm on Instagram a lot. Um, As much as I would like to cut down a little bit, I (laughs) hope... see that completely ever happening so if you need to get a hold of me quickly or you want to interact with me whatnot instagram that's the place
0: all right well thank you and thanks for listening today food bloggers i will see you next time We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to EatBlogTalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.